Hello, women's hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of the Founding Four podcast. We are a weekly independent women's hockey show. This is done completely by me. I'm a one-woman show, so we appreciate all of you who are tuning in every time we have an episode. In case you missed it, we put up the second installment of the original eight series first installment was an interview with Kira Dostalarina of the Metropolitan Riveters. Second installment, Shannon Doyle, captain of the Connecticut Whale. Check that out on Founding Four Pod. We house all of our shows on Transistor FM, but you can listen anywhere you listen to your podcast. Go check it out. As always, I like to thank the Patreon posse right off the top and again, somewhere in the middle and the end because without you this show is not possible the founding four podcast is run by those who make monthly contributions to sports talk with ela over on patreon we're gonna get into this episode recording this on march 12th this morning we got some news regarding the national women's hockey league we also got some news this past weekend regarding the Women's World Championships. And I alluded to that on the episode with uh, Shannon Doyle, for those who've listened already. But here we go. A statement from the NWHL came out 10 a.m. this morning. I'm going to read it in its entirety. The NWHL announced today that the 2020 Isabel Cup final between the Boston Pride and the Minnesota Whitecaps scheduled for Friday, March 13th at Warrior Ice Arena has been postponed. At the appropriate time, the NWHL, Pride, and Whitecaps will reschedule the Isabel Cup final for a later date in Boston. We want to host the Isabel Cup final in an environment where our fans, players, and everyone working or attending our championship game can feel safe. The progression, the progression of the coronavirus in many parts of the world, including the, the United States, resulted in the league making this decision in the interest of public health and the well-being of all involved in the event. Fans who purchase tickets for the Isabel Cup final will be able to use them for the rescheduled date. To request a refund, please email ticketing at nwhlhq.com. The NWHL thanks everyone for supporting our league throughout a spectacular 2019-2020 season, and we appreciate your understanding and patience. We are determined to present the Isabel Cup final that the Pride, Whitecaps, and the fans deserve. That is the statement that was issued by the National Women's Hockey League today, Thursday, March 12th, approximately 10 a.m. So needless to say, it it changed my rundown, but that's the least of the worries. I wanted to read that in its entirety. I first want to offer my personal thoughts regarding coronavirus. Um, It's never easy to be living in a time of a health crisis and a health scare. And I think we really are at that point, whether you're being impacted or not. I think we can all agree that staying healthy is the most important thing. So please, everyone stay healthy. And hopefully, if you are, um, if you don't have to travel, if you are able to stay home or work from home, 
that you're able to do that. For those who are not, um, I hope that you are able to have access to hand sanitizer and that your work environment is keeping you healthy. And I do say that I hope those things because unfortunately we know in this country on a day-to-day basis, regardless of if we're in the middle of a health crisis or not, those things are not guaranteed and that is not lost on me. I'm recording a podcast in a family in a family apartment and I know that I'm very blessed and I hope that we all just keep that in context. So I wanted to offer that. Those are my thoughts after reading the statement. I also wanted to inform anyone who may not be aware that the 2020 IIHF Women's Worlds was also canceled. Uh, Well, I should say it was canceled. Now, the difference between the statement I just read about the NWHL and about Worlds is one was canceled altogether, the other was postponed. So... We heard from um, the NWHL that they're postponing. They expect to be able to play the Isabel Cup final at a later date and time. That is the goal. We'll see where we end up with this. Uh, Unfortunately, Hockey Canada and the IIHF had to cancel Women's Worlds all together. I will read you, in part, a statement from Hockey Canada. And this comes from Hockey Canada on Saturday. That's March 7th. I'll read the statement from Hockey Canada Chief Executive Officer uh, Tom Rennie. The International Ice Hockey Federation has diligently monitored the development and risk of the coronavirus and under the recommendation of the Chief Medical Officer of Health of the Province of Nova Scotia and the IIHF, it was determined the best course of action was to cancel the event. The decision was made in the best interest of the players, fans, staff, volunteers, and the general public, and we fully support the IIHF's decision. Our organization has been assured by the IIHF that it will honor Hockey Canada's hosting agreement and that the IIHF Women's World Championship will return to Halifax and Truro in 2021, subject to formal approval by the IIHF Congress. A tremendous amount of work has been put forth by our athletes, staff, and host organization and host organizing committee and our partners. And we look forward to continuing to prepare for this world-class event when it returns to Nova Scotia in 2021. Um, I'm going to leave some space here for, I'm going to cut over to some audio. I forgive that this is not high quality audio. Um, So you might hear a little bit of background noise. I was in transit when Hockey Canada hosted the conference call regarding world championships. But I think there are a few points that are worth mentioning or worth uh, the public hearing. So IIHF canceled everything outright. There are, as of now, no plans to refund the ticket sales for the world championships. 
That is not something that Hockey Canada plans to do. I want to you to listen to the exchange from one of the reporters that was on the call. Will, uh, will people who have bought ticket packages receive a refund? Les gens qui ont acheté des billets ou plusieurs billets en groupe vont-ils être remboursés? Hockey Canada and the host committee. Hockey Canada and the committee organizer. Will honor the purchase of all ticket purchasers to date. Vont honorer l'achat de tous les billets jusqu'à cette date. To allow them to attend. Pour leur permettre. The 2021 event next year in Halifax and Toronto. De acheter des billets pour les championnats du monde féminins en 2021 à Halifax et à Toronto. Okay, just to clarify, so I report this, report this absolutely precisely. So, full fans, fans who have purchased tickets for the 2020 event, which has been cancelled, will be permitted to use them next year in 2021. But they will not receive a cash refund. Um, our plan at this time is to honor this year's purchases. But to manage our fans as best we can as we so I guess my what I asked no refund at this time, but the purchase will be honored next year. Another thing that I think is important is we know if you're a listener to the Founding Four pod, you know that this has been a tumultuous time in women's ice hockey truly since last March with the shutting down of the CWHL, Canadian Women's Hockey League. Since then, before the game movement sparked, which essentially was an opt-out of a lot of the top-tier talent in North America, so though the entire roster of Hockey Canada and USA Hockey not playing in the NWHL, they have then they have since started the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, the PWHPA, and have done a barnstorming kind of um, travel tournament style of women's hockey for this calendar year. Also, the Four Nations tournament was canceled. So there's a lot going on. All of that to say, here is what Gina Kingsbury from Hockey Canada had to say about if there would be any opportunities for Hockey Canada to return to the ice. You'll hear my question, and then you will also hear a follow-up regarding the timeline and when Hockey Canada is expected to hit the ice together officially next. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, and then also regarding um, 
Regarding the schedule, I know Kirsten asked a little bit about that. In addition to the mini camps that were already scheduled, will there be any other opportunities for the women in the national team system to, um, to hit the ice with Hockey Canada for the remainder of the year? Uh, this uh, mini camp that was scheduled here next week was going to be our last mini camp before uh, the World Championship. So uh, with that said, there will be no more opportunities for athletes to, uh, to come on the ice with Hockey Canada. Um, uh, again, so, uh, do you want me to sit on the Sandra Christina from 660 News. Sandra uh, Christina de 660 News. Yes, was there ever an option to host the event this year without spectators? Est-ce qu'il y avait une option d'avoir cet événement sans spectateurs? That was not an option that was considered with the IHF for non, this event. C'est pas une option qui a été envisagée par la Fédération internationale de hockey sur glace pour cet événement. And to the best of our knowledge, for any other event. Et au mieux de nos connaissances, euh, c'est la même chose pour les autres événements. Allez, yeah. Um, and I, I'm sorry if you did mention this in the previous question. I believe it was from Erica. Je pense que c'est Erica qui a mentionné ça dans une autre dans une autre question. Tentatively, when was the next time the Hockey Canada players um, get to actually be back together? Would that be in September then? Quand est-ce que les joueuses vont se retrouver sur la glace? Ça va être en septembre, c'est ça? Ah, uh, yes, so September camp uh, would be fall of, of 2020. That will uh, set the tone here for our next season. Uh, obviously, the World Championship is usually our, our final uh, event with our senior national team. Uh, there will be a, a testing in, in May, but that would be uh, done regionally. And then uh, our top 46 athletes would be invited so as you can hear from that, Hockey Canada canceled their mini camp that was set for Montreal. The mini camps were a response to a lot, all, truly, all of the Hockey Canada roster um, not playing in regular games. You have a few people, Alex Carpenter, Megan Bozak in particular from USA Hockey, who actually just won a championship in the Russian Women's League. That is the team that jumped into the Russian League from the CWHL, uh, the Shenzhen Vanky Rays. Noratu also on that team, won a championship. But Hockey Canada had no players on their active roster playing in Europe. So as a way of creating more on-ice opportunities. They created these mini-camps. However, you just heard from Gina and on the call that was on Saturday that there are no more mini-camps. There are no more mini-camps scheduled for Hockey Canada. USA Hockey never had mini-camps to begin with. I will be doing some research into if there are any plans for USA Hockey to hit the ice uh, before the fall when we will have our next um, camps in preparation for Four Nations. Now, remember, Four Nations was canceled this year because the Swedish Federation and their players were at odds. The players essentially boycotting their federation, the federation who was set to host Four Nations, 
canceled Four Nations. And here's a clip from Lovisa Salander. She plays in the National Women's Hockey League. She is the goaltender of the year, representing the Boston Pride, would have been playing in the final that is set for tomorrow. That has now been postponed. This is what Lovisa Salander had to say about what the Swedish Federation excuse me, what the Swedish players were aiming and, and seeking for from the Swedish Federation. This is a conversation that I had with Lovisa, truly about her time with the Harvard Business School program. Um, but I thought this was an interesting clip that I'm glad I'm, I'm able to use here. So this is Lovisa Salander on what Team Sweden was aiming for and continues to aim for um, and why they opted to boycott and have you thought about um you know ways that you might want to use some of what you learn um as far as what you're doing now or maybe what you aspire to to do i mean i'm hoping so we're kind of doing case reviews and um i did one on um the bucks last week which was very interesting kind of to see the background and you know the nba and I think one of the cases that I really want to do too is about the um, U.S. soccer women's team and their strike, which is just sort of interesting and to get the cases are written in a kind of an easy way, so you get to follow along with the story and get to learn more. So I think it's you know it's definitely useful information and kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's it's funny you mentioned the women's soccer team. You know, they they just got some really uh, unprecedented support from the the women or excuse me the men's association this this week. Um, but this is still something ongoing. They're getting ready to go into an Olympic year and uh, are actively you know in the middle of this court battle. But uh, you know what about that was interesting to you? I think just everything in general, actually. <laughs> no, but I mean I think. We did it with the Swedish national team this summer, kind of negotiating for better deals. And, you know, it's interesting to get to learn how they did it, how they went about it. And I think they were in a very unique seat where they were actually, I mean, they were the more popular team. The men can't even touch the women's soccer team, which is very interesting to kind of see it out of that perspective, too. Because I think a lot of the time the women are kind of the underdogs, but they had kind of hard, cold facts that we are selling out arenas. We are doing this and this, and the men aren't. Yeah. Um, so it'd be, it would be really interesting just to learn more about their case and then kind of take ideas where you get them, yeah. where they apply. I mean, what is most um, staggering to you about the similarities between those different teams and the experience that you had um, and maybe some of the differences? I don't know if I have an educated <laughs> answer to this one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think... In general, I think women are kind of standing up for themselves right now, mm -hmm. and we're trying... I mean, the Swedish national team it wasn't asking for that we wanted a salary. It was more, we want better insurance, we want better travel, um, and then work compensation for when you take about six to seven weeks of vacation from your full-time job. You need to be able to be compensated for that and not go into a tournament with the national team coming at a loss. Um, and I think just... I mean, the soccer team has done... An amazing thing grown the sport they've really you know captured the fans hearts and they they continue to grow so I think that's something you can always learn from to see what steps they took to get to that level they are right now so I gave that clip from Lovisa I ran through the history of women's hockey I'm sure a lot of you who listen regularly know that but I just wanted to put all of this in context not all of this 
was scheduled or planned or uh, and most of this is not in the best interest of women's hockey however all of these things are happening within the same calendar or within the same 365 day period um that it's a lot women's hockey is going through a lot um and we'll see we don't know what the lasting impacts of that will be however all that said we did have some exciting nwhl action and this is our regular founding four podcast i took some liberties in the beginning because there's just a lot of news and i think we should be upfront with what's happening with coronavirus but we're going to take a little bit of a break and get back into the recap of the isabel cup semifinals and a little bit of a preview of the final You'll also hear from Mallory Soliotis, Mallory Soliotis, defender uh, for the Boston Pride. I was able to speak with her after the semifinal win against the Connecticut Whale. Let's take a little bit of a break, reset, recharge, grab your snacks, then we'll come back for more Founding Four Pod. So yeah, let's, you know, on that lovely note uh let's go into what we saw in the isabel cup playoffs we won't get a final so a little bit of anticipation um as you may remember from the statement that i read the boston pride are set to host the minnesota whitecaps for the isabel cup final regardless of the winner we will have our first two-time isabel cup championship team in four complete seasons, four different teams have won the Isabel Cup. In the inaugural season, 2015-16, the Boston Pride defeated the Buffalo Buttes. That was held at Barnabas uh, in New Jersey. In the 2016-17 season, the Buffalo Buttes defeated the Boston Pride to win their first Isabel Cup. In the 2017-18 season, the Riveters defeated the Buffalo Buttes by a score of 1-0. Alexa Grushow scored that game winner to hoist their first cup, also at Barnabas. And then last year at Tria Rink in Minnesota, in overtime, the Minnesota Whitecaps in their first season in the NWHL, defeated the Buffalo Buttes in overtime to win their first Isabel Cup. So they are the reigning champions, the Minnesota Whitecaps. As you may have noticed, the one common denominator between the Isabel Cup final in four seasons has been the Buffalo Buttes. However, in a play-in game, the Connecticut Whale scored five goals to defeat the Buffalo Buttes in the play-in game in Buffalo to advance to a semifinal against the Boston Pride. That was a great game. You had so many players from the Connecticut Whale, really just step up in that game. It was one for the history books for sure. So let's go over this box score. 
This was a 5-3 final at Northtown Center in favor of the Connecticut Whale. The Connecticut Whale coming into that game had won two games on the season, on the entire season. They get their third win of the season in the play-in game. Kareen Bowie, who we had on the podcast last week, got the party started. In the first period, early in the first period, assisted by Bucky, Michaela Grant Mentis, one of the rookies that was brought in from Merrimack right as the signing window was closing. Then it was Hannah Beatty at even strength that gets on the board. And then Caitlin Russ, another signing, late signing to the Connecticut Whale, puts the whale up two to one. In the second period, Michaela Grant Mentis unassisted ties up the game at two. Then Caitlin Russ gets her second goal of the game, second goal of her career with the Connecticut Whale. And Hannah Beatty gets another goal. So 4-2 is the scoreline at the end of two. Megan DeLay for the Buffalo Buttes gets one back. But then Allie Lacombe gets her first professional goal. 5-3 is your final. Stars of the game, Hannah Beatty, two goals. Caitlin Russ, two goals and an assist. And Michaela Grant Mentis, one goal, one assist, two points. Tough loss for the Buffalo Buttes. First time they do not advance to the Isabel Cup final. But the Connecticut Whale live to see another day. So they get to face Boston. That was the second matchup for Sunday, uh, March 8th. But let's go to what the first matchup was, the semifinal out in Minnesota, a rematch of the 2019 semifinal. There was a little bit of drama. It was not virus-related. It was weather-related. It took the Riveters quite some time to get out to Minnesota, so much, in fact, that the NWHL had the tough decision to make to move the semifinal between the Riveters and the, and the Whitecaps to Minnesota, as well as to move, well, I guess that final or the semifinal is always going to play there, be played there. Excuse me. Buffalo had already punched their ticket to the final and it was decided to move the final, regardless of if Minnesota or the Riveters won, to Minnesota. Why is that important? Minnesota Whitecaps were the top seed last year. If Minnesota won against the Riveters, they would host the final either way. If Minnesota lost, the Riveters were a lower seed than the Buffalo Buttes. The Buttes would have hosted. However, hedging bets and what I think was a smart move, and I had, I think on social media, I actually suggested that, maybe even on the podcast, but move everything to Minnesota. So unfortunately, though, that did mean that a few Riveters players couldn't make the trip. There was a lot of time off. There is a lot of time off often required to play these games. So that became a point of contention. People like Kelsey Colzer, Kimberly Sass, etc. Unfortunately, unable to play in the semifinal. Uh, Kelly Nash as well, ironically, was in Minnesota with Princeton. She was coaching with Princeton at the time. But because of her duties there, um, just wasn't able to make the, the timing work. Anyway, 
So we've seen a little controversy in the last two seasons regarding the Isabel Cup final. I do want to state for the record, I understand wholeheartedly that these impact people negatively, especially if you have a job, you're taking time off for the NWHL. I was in that situation myself last year. However, whether, especially when you're flying to Minnesota, that can't always be avoided. And certainly a contagious virus. Those are not things to be anticipated. Anyway, so last year we saw a little bit of that as well, but Minnesota was able to handle the Riveters and then took the Buttes to overtime to win their first cup. So that's a little bit of the history between these two teams. Now, I will say both teams very different from what they were last year. So they go head to head. March 8th, 1230 local time. It's Amanda Levier versus Sam Walther. We go three frames of scoreless hockey. Not one, not two. Three frames of scoreless hockey in the semifinal to punch the ticket to the final. Amazing. Amazing. I was on the call in Boston That was also a close game. We'll get to that close for a while. We'll get to that. Watching this game, trying to figure out or keeping up with this game, trying to figure out what was going down. Let's just talk about the goalies. You got to talk about the goalies when you go scoreless for three full frames, 60 full minutes. I mentioned that it was Sam Walther. She comes back from injury. She makes 31 saves. In 66.39 minutes. 31 saves. Amanda Levier, what'd she face? Let's go. Let's go to this uh, stats here. 28 saves. 28 saves. So we've definitely seen both put up higher numbers, but it was scoreless, not for lack of trying, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We go to overtime. Allie Thunstrom. Did I mention she's co-MVP? That's right. Her and Jillian Dempsey talked about that. She was my number one pick. Number one pick for MVP. Honestly, I didn't even have Jillian Dempsey on my card. Number one pick MVP, Allie Thunstrom, because of what she can do. She gets it done just under seven minutes into overtime. On a rush. Able to use that speed. Beat Sam Walther. Beat the Riveters. Send the Minnesota Whitecaps to the final for the second year of their two-year existence. I actually haven't seen this game full out yet. I'm probably going to watch it today. Um, But keeping up with it was very exciting. So, Whitecaps punch their ticket, but who will they play? Well, this was the game I watched. We talked about two, or excuse me, three scoreless periods in Minnesota. In Boston, we had the Pride scored first in the first. Then we had Boston and Connecticut both score in the second. And then Boston just opened up the floodgates by the third period. So I'm going to go run through this. The other semifinal was pretty straightforward. One goal, one goal scorer. That was Allie Thunstrom. Here's what we had in Boston. Emily Fluke. 
Emily Fluke gets the party started. About a little over halfway into the first period, assisted by Jenna Rowe and Mary Parker. In the second, Grace Kleinbach gets the equalizer. But then Jillian Dempsey, as time is winding down, gets that second goal for Boston. They're up 2-1. to one. Third period, three goals. Woo! Christina Putinia. A beautiful bottle-popping goal by Christina Putinia. Even strength, empty netter by Kaylee Fratkin. And then Jordan Duran gets the third goal of the third frame. 5-1 to one is your final Boston Pride defeat the Connecticut Whale. This was a good game for a very long stretch of time. Unfortunately, and I talked to Grace Kleinbach about this a little bit, the Connecticut Whale were less than pleased with how this game was officiated, and that was evident early on. Uh, they spent, they they themselves were in the box. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they spent, uh, or they they were called for seven penalties to Boston's. Four. When you're the team that arguably, statistically, is going to have a little bit more trouble scoring, it's really tough to have players like Shannon Doyle. Doyle took a five-minute major for elbowing at one point in time. Grace Kleinbach, the goal scorer, was in... um, was in the box twice. There was a too many players on the ice bench minor. That you can't do that in such a in a game that you need. Um, Jane Morissette, who's been able to show she can score. It it was a tough game from that perspective for Connecticut. What I will say is that for a long time they were able to withstand and overcome some of them those mistakes, but. That's kind of been the M.O., unfortunately, of Connecticut all season, that they have this grit, they have a solid defensive core, but sometimes they don't necessarily always put themselves in the best position. I mean, I, I, I go wild. This happened actually in, in the play-in game. They, they get an opportunity on the power play, and then seconds into their power play opportunity, they draw a penalty. Things like that. Um, that said, this Connecticut team, what Bray Ketchum, Colton Orr, Laura Brennan have been able to do has been great. This has been a, a, a franchise that has struggled since really, you know, what, midway through the first season, hasn't been able to find their bearings, moved around a lot. They get the roster poached by Boston, case in point, Emily Fluke, um, it's been tough going for the Connecticut Whale, but um, if you heard my interview with Shannon Doyle, she's been very proud of the team. Often a lot of young players um, making their rookie debuts with the Connecticut Whale and having to struggle through a difficult season, but I think they did that with a lot of class, a lot of professionalism this year, and I think they pulled together a few pieces. They brought in Janine Weber. She had an amazing game. 
I think, unfortunately, it will will go overshadowed by the win. Janine Weber had an amazing game. The physical, the the physicality that she absorbed for Connecticut, if, if Connecticut had had that earlier in the season, oh, man. And the thing is that I think Janine was starting to get her legs. She's starting to get a little more comfortable. And she, oof, the way Janine Weber passes is just need a master class. And she was able to, again, absorb a lot of physical contact, um, draw the attention of the defense. And if the, if the whale had more time with Janine in the roster and a few other players in the roster, I just wonder what we would have seen. But coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Uh, hopefully we'll see Janine Weber and a few other elements for the Connecticut whale back. So I'm, I'm watching to see what you're going to do, Bray. I thought you did a great job, but I want to challenge you and the rest of the team. See what you got for 2020-2021. Um, okay, so that tees us up again for the Isabel Cup final between the Boston Pride and the Minnesota Whitecaps. I want to, before we move on to, and I'm not going to preview that matchup too much because we honestly don't know when it's going to be played. But before we move on from the semifinal rounds, I want to play this interview with Mallory Soliotis, defender for the Boston Pride. I've mentioned I thought she was uh, just tragically underrated at the blue line. One of the defenders I certainly love to watch. Um, So we have Mallory Soliotis talking. She gave me some time right after the autograph line, which just gets longer and longer. I mean, uh, I... I've seen the Riveters uh, autograph lines for years, and so I know how long the lines can get. But I've also been able to attend a few games at Warrior now for the past several seasons, and the Warrior fan base continues to grow. This was actually their fifth sellout in a row at Warrior Ice Arena. So all the more reason, I think, that this really will benefit the league to just let, hopefully... Hopefully, can we all burn some sage and say a prayer that this coronavirus uh, pandemic will pass um, and that we do what we can to keep ourselves safe and healthy. But all that said, um, I think that we see that the Boston Pride has really been able to establish themselves at Warrior Ice Arena. And it took some time. It took some time, but uh, I'm curious to see how the new ownership can uh, continue engaging fans and get them excited um, for season six. That's kind of wild to think about. Anyway, I'm rambling a lot on this podcast, but I'm just going to miss calling a game Friday, but hopefully we'll get another date soon and no one will have to worry or take a chance at being unhealthy at least not now uh you know knowingly anyway so here's my interview with mallory soliotis also she gives us the the proper pronunciation of her name which you know i love mallory soliotis folks thank you much yeah we can go over here pretty 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 low-key 
All right, so we're here talking after the semifinal. We're going to get to that game. But first, most pressing question, how do you officially pronounce your last name? Soliotis. All right. Soliotis. All right, folks. There we go. Yeah, I've I've been trying to preach the good gospel, but, you know, sometimes you got to hear it from the horse's mouth. (laughs) Or in this case, the defender's mouth. I, I, I keep telling Sam, like, Think you're doing a uh, bang up job on the blue line on a very stacked Boston team, but you're headed to the Isabel Cup final with this team. First, uh, taking on Connecticut, it was a tight game, and then you're able to bust it open. Um, what do you think contributed to that surge in the third? I think just sticking to our systems, not getting frustrated, and just playing our game. We're able to wear teams down when we just keep battling hard and forward checking really hard. Our forwards did an awesome job getting pucks out of our defensive zone and, and just going to work in the offensive zone. That's really – and just grinding on, grinding all the way through those last 60 minutes. So it's, it's really awesome. I mean, it, our first period wasn't our best, but we were able to come out with a 1-0 after, you know, the first. So it was great to kind of see all that hard work all year, kind of go into this game and then start working towards the next game. And in the NWHL, we saw it again this year, but there's a unique opportunity for college players to, once they finish up their season, to come into the league. You, of course, being one of those players, but I'd argue now you're kind of a veteran on this Boston Pride team. I mean, it was a great opportunity coming out of college. I thought I was in, you know, really good shape, and now it's awesome to have even just a bunch of our teams very young. I mean, I say young, they're only two years younger than me, Um, so not that young. Um... But it's really great to, to continue to use, you know, that college girls and get them involved and hopefully, you know, continue to grow that league. And it's something that, you know, girls can look forward to coming out of college and, you know, playing for their city. I'm lucky to have that opportunity here in Boston. So That's right. You're one of the many Massachusetts natives. Uh, and we've seen that this team has really uh, been able to draw a great crowd. This is the fifth consecutive sold-out game. Can't imagine anything will be different for the final. But um, as someone that, you know, calls Massachusetts home originally, um, you know, when you see that kind of support here for for a women's team in a women's league that's still up and coming, uh, what are your thoughts about that? It's honestly amazing. I love seeing all the fans get excited and, you know, pack Warrior. It's really awesome, and hopefully we'll just continue to grow that, and hopefully other teams can start to get that going, and um, it's great to just have such good hometown support here. I think it, I mean, it really helps. Obviously, we didn't lose a game at home this year, which is pretty awesome. So we'll just keep hammering away, hopefully bring the, the cup home for them. Yeah, for sure. Freddie's saying this is her first trip to the final. Yeah. I almost didn't believe it when she said it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. She's an absolute workhorse. There's absolutely no one else. I, I really don't want her to be on any other team than mine because she's just that <laughs> steadfast. She's so strong defensively and then offensively. We really vibe off each other a lot, and I think we play really well together, and it's awesome to, to have that kind of chemistry with someone on a team right, kind of right off the bat. We, we started that last year, and it's it's been awesome to see that grow, see her grow as a player. She's There's no one better than her, honestly. This team is just made up of so many unique characters. I mean, everything from TikTok and what we see happen pregame to also just the intensity on the ice. I mean, Jillian Dempsey up there with the best of them. I mean, she might even, you know, compete to be the most competitive. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's a lot of personality on one team. And to do that with the added pressure of having that target on your back as for a long run there, an undefeated team, and certainly the, t- the team that's been at the top of the table all season. How do you feel the team has been able to manage all of that? 
honestly, everyone's very loose. Um, but at the same time, everyone works really hard all the time. All the practices, we're, we we like to have fun, as you can see, like pregame. But then, you know, puck drops and we flip a switch real quick. It's really awesome. We're we're really loose in the locker room, and that's really great. We don't get frustrated or, or upset with each other. Um, we just have a really good, positive group of people. Um, from goalies all the way up to offense, it's just a good, positive environment. Everyone um, is contributing and working hard, especially this year being a little um, touch and go there. But I think everyone's really, everyone wants to be there. The coaching staff wants to be there. And as much as we have fun, we work hard. And that's really what's gotten us here. And not taking that for granted and playing every single game like it's our it's our last so that's really where it is yeah i think what i took away from that this boston pride team has been able to persevere if we're being honest we can kick this all the way up to women's hockey has really had to persevere through a lot in this last calendar year um but you know i think another thing that that fratty said as she's coming off of the ice is that you also want to though have a short-term memory and not be able to have some of the the ultimate highs or the really low lows weigh on you too much going into the next game. So this next game will be the final. What are some things that you think the team will be focused on in practice leading up to Friday? I think we are going to continue to work on our power play. We really want to make sure we take advantage against Minnesota. They're a really strong, fast team and they've got a lot of different um, offensive threats and and good goaltending. So continuing to stick to our systems, play good defensively, and that kind of translates into good good offense, put pucks on net. I think we do a really good job um, putting a ton of shots on net every single game, no matter what. So just continuing to do that, stick to our systems, stay positive, and just um, just play our game and not worry about anything else going on. Obviously, it's this, like, next game is, that's it. So obviously, we want to we want to win, but at the same time, just take it one shift at a time. That's right. It's for all the chip witches. So yes. we'll be back on Friday. Thanks, Mal. Thank you. All right. So unfortunately, I will not be on the call tomorrow for the Isabel Cup final. I was looking forward to doing that with Sam Fryman. His first playoffs this season. Um, so we're ready to break them in, but we're going to have to wait, folks, for the health and safety of everyone involved. Of course, myself included, all of the fans that we're planning to attend included. We hope that you bear with us. I don't know when the final is going to be. I think we're probably going to have to ride this out a little bit. Again, this is a health crisis that we're in the middle of. No one knows how this is going to shake out. So, In the meantime, we have the original eight series that will continue. I have almost all eight players. There's one player in particular that might be a little bit difficult to get to, but I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We have Kira Dostal Arena. Shannon Doyle episodes are already up. Next one coming is Kareen Bowie of the Buffalo Buttes. You'll get that next Wednesday. And I plan to have more interviews, not just in the NWHL, but throughout all of women's hockey coming up. We don't know what's going to happen necessarily with the NCAA tournaments. The NCAA is looking like they have started to eliminate fans from events. We don't know officially as of the time I'm recording this if there is any change happening with regard to the Frozen Four, which is set to be in Boston, set to be in Boston this coming weekend. So there's more to give updates on. I will be here as always 
Thank you for listening to the Founding Four podcast. Thank you for those who share the podcast, who engage in our trivia. We're going to do more of that. I've got lots of stuff, lots of women's hockey stuff to give away, but you got to earn it. So get, get on your trivia. And once we know when the final is, I will let you know here. And I look forward to being on the call. Until then, please, everyone, take care of yourself and others. Make sure that you are staying safe, that you are staying healthy. And as always, let's spread love. Let's spread good vibes and all of the things. We need this. If you're into burning sage, I highly recommend it. Just crack a window first to let all the bad vibes out. Purify that air. And we'll be in touch. And if you need something to do, I'll be archiving old episodes of the Founding Four podcast in the coming weeks. So you can always check those out. Until next time, again, please, please, please stay safe. Erica Ayala signing out.